Welcome to The Connection, a podcast to connect you to the parish of Yate. My name's Howell. And I'm Justin. We are your hosts sharing with you a series of spiritual tools to enable everyday Christian living in the parish of Yate. So on this episode, we're talking about prayer and we're asking, what is the recipe of prayer? We also talk about how we use rituals uh, when to talk to each other. Uh, We talk about how we can get the conversation going with God. And we also talk about how prayer unites us across time and space. So on this episode, as we said, we're talking about thy kingdom come and the coming of Pentecost. Mm. And we're talking about prayer and how prayer is about having a conversation with God. Prayer is such an important component, isn't it, to us as Christians. And at this time of year where we're recording during thy kingdom come, it really emphasises the need to really home in and either perfect our prayer a little better or look at different ways of praying uh, and, and really make us realise that it is that very intimate conversation with our Father. Yeah, and it's one of the promises, and I, I did a sermon on this the other week, is one of the promises of Jesus in John's Gospel is he will come and he will make his home with us. Yeah. And what he means by that, actually, literally, is he will pitch his tent with us. Yes, and that, that was in a recent sermon, wasn't it, that, that's been covered a lot within our churches about that, making sure that it really appreciates it's a... It is about pitching our tent with us wherever we are. That's right. And and in a sense, Jesus is asking us to go camping, to kind of uh, to go in that intimate intimacy that you have, say, when you go camping, that you don't have when you go to a hotel. Yeah. So it's that idea of having those conversations around the campfire, singing songs together, being with each other, yeah. eating with each other. It's that image, really, of uh, the campfire where Jesus has pitched his tent in our campsite with us. Yeah. And I think one of the the difficulties I think everyone will share within their faith is that if we see a very traditional approach to church is how do we take that very ritualistic prayer that we all take part in, in, in in our church into our home and into our life? And how do we get it right without the fear of of getting it wrong you know and there's some great old scripture that's used in some significant prayers that we have within uh, within the bible and within our book of prayer but that sometimes that in itself gives people a bit of performance anxiety they can't deliver the prayer because they're not as good as what the vicar said so how how can it be my prayer and and so how, how do we have a conversation how do we form a prayer well the the thing to remember is that jesus is a human being as well as god yeah And Jesus has pitched his tent with us and desires that intimate human relationship with us. So the first place to start really is think about how we have relationships with other human beings. How we have conversations with other human beings. And the weird thing is that a lot of our conversations are highly ritualised. But we don't have a book. So we don't go around someone's house, knock a door, open up a book and say, Hello Justin. How are you? Yeah. And you say, oh, hello, how are, how are you? And I say, oh, it's been quite nice, the weather this morning. Okay. Yep. And okay. you would say, yes, it has. Not yeah. like yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Right? So in England, we have uh, 
a kind of obsession with ritualised discussions about the weather. Yes, right? it's very traditionally British to talk about the weather within <laughs> the first few minutes of any any conversation. conversation. Yep. And then the next thing that you talk about is you talk about a news event or a sporting event or something that happened in the recent past or you catch up with a discussion that, that we've had recently. So you'd say, oh, how are you getting along? Yep. How is your family? Yes. How is this? So you ask very standardised questions. Yep. And we see it. We see it every Sunday morning when we're trying to reach out and talk to people. Maybe if you're on, if you're on the welcome team for your service, it's that probably the first opening conversation you have with strangers or even with people that you've, you know well or haven't seen for a while. It, there's a there's an arsenal of one liners, isn't there, that allows you to engage conversation. That's it's it. Exactly. Quite ritualistic. Exactly. And I think the thing is with human beings is that uh, we are by nature very ritualized animals. Right? Okay. Yeah. 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 So even in our most intimate relationships, they all sort of revolve around rituals that we have created ourselves. Yeah. Okay. So, for example, making a cup of tea in the morning. Yeah. That sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, would you like a cup of tea? That's another. Uh, yeah. When I got here today, you said to me, "Would you like a cup yeah, of tea?" Absolutely, because yeah. it's just written in in in, in somewhere in an unofficial text what to ask when a guest comes through the house. Would you like a cup <laughs> yeah. of tea? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's it's the same with all these different things. Yeah. Is that even with our partners or our children, uh, there's all these sort of rituals that we don't think about because they're kind of just natural to us yeah okay yeah okay so we're what we're saying here is that those conversations that you and i have when we meet each other very briefly or when we meet people for the first time the same concept in that ritualistic opening conversation needs to be applied into your individual prayer that's it that's it. You've got to have a way of getting the conversation going with God. Okay, okay. That's the key thing. And when we see that our opening line is for prayer, that does vary from person to person, doesn't it? You know, our Father, dear Lord, Abba. You know, it, it, there's a lot of opening liners that we see that everyone uses. Yeah, like, all of which is fine. Exactly. Like, uh, um, uh, I, I would, I would always begin mine with uh, Lord our God, blah blah blah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, Ian Wallace would say, um, Lord Jesus, we just want to thank you. He always starts yeah. with that. Okay. Now, that's just because that's how we apply those same ritualised processes to our relationships with each other anyway. Lovely. Right? So opening the prayer is important with the ritual. Yeah. Now, basically, uh, if you're quite practised at it and mm. you're a bit more confident, yeah. you can design your own ones, which is completely fine. But... I think a lot of people find that quite difficult yeah. to begin to have that opener, mm. right? So that's where we have uh, booklets and prayer books and things like that. What they're for really is a way to begin that conversation with God and to remind ourselves of what we're actually doing. Okay. So that's the purpose of prayer books, is not to kind of rattle it off as quickly as possible mm. in a kind of hollow way but kind of just as a way of getting the conversation going. Yeah. And sometimes, I'll be honest, you're not in the mood to pray, because you're like, oh, whatever. Mm. In the same way, sometimes you're not in the mood to talk to people. Yeah. But having that standardised form that you can go to and open it up, then after a little while, you, you can actually begin to get that level of intimacy going again. Yeah, okay. You know? Like any person, it can be a bit awkward at the beginning, yeah. but after a while, it starts getting going and everything's fine. So it's the same sort of thing. Mm. 
The other thing to remember with prayer, and when you went to Spring Harvest, you discussed this, is for prayer to be whole, it needs to have certain elements. So if you think about making a cake, yeah, right? If you leave the eggs out, it's not going to be a nice cake. There'd be a very upset Sunday morning congregation not looking for great cakes without any eggs in there. Exactly. So, yeah. You can use, yes. you know, uh, or if you, you left out the flour or you left out the sugar. Yeah? Yes, yes. Don't leave the sugar out of the cake. It no. won't be nice. No. So uh, prayer is the same sort of thing. There's a kind of recipe and uh, there's a really helpful way of thinking about this from Spring Harvest. This in the Thy Kingdom Come leaflet is you can use the word pray where you say the P is for pause then the R is for rejoice, the A is for ask, and the Y is for yield. That's easily rememberable, isn't it? You've got the word prayer and pray, and then break it down, and we can start unpacking the recipe for a prayer that will work for you. We're not saying how you should pray word for word. We're just trying to give you headings that you then insert your components. So P is for pause. So let's talk about pause. Well, pause basically is... uh, I can tell you what I do, mm. uh, and this has developed and changed over the years quite a lot. So if I think about, I tell you what, I think about what I used to do when I was living in reality when I was before I was a priest. Is I used to pray on the bus, okay, right? Yep. When I went to work uh, in the morning, and what I would do was I would uh, sit on the bus and I would get out my little office book like that, and because uh, we didn't have apps then, and uh, I would sit there, and before I opened the book, I would just sit there for a minute or so and just try and be a bit quiet yep. before I started. Okay. So I used to time it as I went past different things. So as I, when I got to Sainsbury's, right, then I would start the prayer. Okay. Yeah, because yep. I was, that's all. Yeah. So, yeah. so it just made me stop rather than launching in and start rattling stuff off, as it were. It's like having a, a, a momentary kind of meditation moment where you are... You know, you, you, you're grinding yourself and, and clearing your mind to being open to the next stage of prayer. That's it. So uh, now what I do is I, I've got some uh, prayers which I, I've remembered, uh, like St. Patrick's Breastplate is one of them, which I say as I as I light a candle. Okay. So that's what I do now. Yeah. But depending on your context, it doesn't really matter. There's okay. millions of ways of doing it. It's, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so... So then you have uh, rejoice. Now, what that's about is is really responding to what God has done in your life. Okay, so and a positive slant on, on yeah, what you've done. Yeah. yeah, and responding to what God has done in the scriptures and responding to the world around you. Okay, yeah. So it's about rejoicing in, in the wonder of what God has done. And that could be simply just, I know it's again not very, it's very British in, in its approach, but just being incredibly thankful for your new day uh, and being thankful for the weather. You know, it could be just being quite happy and rejoiceful of, of, of the positive stuff that you're experiencing. That's it, yeah. So um, what I find helps with that really is the, the Psalms, okay, right? Yeah. yeah. But some of the, what the Psalms are basically is ancient poetry in the bible and there's loads and loads of songs in the bible as well and a lot of those are about rejoicing about sing a new song to the lord for the lord has triumphed gloriously or the heavens declare the glory of god and the firmament shows his handiwork yeah those sorts of things and they they automatically take you to that place of rejoicing yeah even if the words are a bit 
odd sometimes. Yeah. You, it's the poetry that takes you there. Yeah. Not so, the words themselves. So the Psalms are, are in the Old Testament. They're hundreds of years old. But mm. even in in a modern day context, they, they, they resonate with you, don't they? You can pick ones that really apply to how you're feeling and to a degree an opportunity to put some words into what you can rejoice about. That's right. And, and the thing is as well, if you follow a system in a sense like a lectionary, which is there'll be a psalm for each day, yeah. then you don't even have to think about what psalm you're going to do. It, it, it does exactly. it for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can just join in with that. So that's quite quite straightforward really. And I think once you've done that, you've done the, the rejoicing, then you have the, the sense of yielding. I was skipping the ask because I tend to do that last. Okay. Is um, the yielding. And what that's all about really is just where we recognise that we're not perfect mm. and we don't live in a perfect world and recognise that we have to sort of be with God in that sense, place of reverence really. Yeah. Be honest with ourselves. Yes. It, it's good to be humble, isn't it? Yeah. It is good to appreciate that that actually we are we are all constantly learning and we're all constantly going to at times slip up and to a degree it's it's okay to do that it's absolutely fine because god loves us and 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 uh, and there's so much rejoicing in what you do that it's it's good to be yielding to your father yeah and i think as well the the wonderful thing and maybe we need to do a bit more of this in our society is because we've lost that sense i think of forgiveness mm. because people don't feel as always possible to be forgiven their answer is to pretend that they haven't done anything wrong Okay. Yeah. Well, I think if you know that you're going to be forgiven and that God loves you, then it's far easier to be honest with God mm. because you know, and it's, there's no point in trying to fool him anyway. No. But, uh, but it's far easier to be honest with God and yourself yeah. because you know that, that you are loved and forgiven. Yeah. Okay. Now, and th- that follows the Our Father in a sense, that sense of forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Okay. That's what the yield is about, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Because this actually follows the, the Our Father, because the Our Father prayer that Jesus gave us isn't just a prayer, it's actually this very process okay. of pause, rejoice, because it's rejoicing in the Our Father at the end, uh, and the, the ask. Yeah. So it does follow that that system so paul's rejoice ask and yield beautifully ties into the to the one prayer that we've all been taught yeah the lord's prayer yeah so the lord's prayer is a pattern for our wider prayer life in that sense rather than just a prayer yeah you know it's a template And and i i've often found like with the ask part is the reason i personally put that at the end rather than at the beginning is that once I've kind of got the conversation going a bit mm. and done all these other things, like done the Psalms, read a reading from the Old Testament or the New Testament, and in a sense, reading the readings a bit like saying, well, what did you do last week then, God? Mm. What, what have you done in the past? And then once you've got to that, then you can ask for those things which are on your heart, you know, the things yeah. which are bothering you, the... Yeah. The, the things which have come up in your life and in the world around you. Yeah, okay. And then maybe sometimes, I think if you're doing it that way, you're able to hear God uh, a bit better because it's not just like some random shopping list. Yes. 
Yeah, and I think, you know, one thing I certainly learned at, at Spring Harvest, and we covered in the, in, in the episode that talked about Spring Harvest, that it is okay to ask. You know, you don't, you don't, you don't have to be kind of approaching it in a way that, could you do me a favour, or when you've got an opportunity, that you, you approach God with command. I mean, you've been told to do that. You shouldn't enter God's kingdom from the side door and, and, and humble yourself on the knees to the throne room. You should enter it full on. We are, we are uh, empowered to do that and should never be afraid to, to not demand to the extent, but, but to feel free to ask. You want things to happen. And of course, you're right, then that gives you the opportunity to listen and to appreciate that not everything we ask is going to come to us. Yeah. Uh, and I know it was covered in, a, in an alpha that you get this concept of the traffic light process. You either yeah. get a green light, you're going to get it, absolutely. Yeah. And that's why it's really good to write down some of these prayers, because sometimes we forget about the green lights. Mm. Something just naturally happened and we, we forget that that's a gift. Uh, that there's a there's the there's the amber light where you get what you want, but it wasn't quite exactly what you asked, and it was and maybe you've taken a bit of time to get there, and there's definitely a red. It just never happens, and, it's and, just no. and, and it's just no, absolutely, and, yeah. and and that in itself is about having our faith in our Father, knowing that He knows best. He know I might think I want something, um, but actually it's not right for me. Um, yeah, that that's the the thing is is my dad, my earthly father, always thinks he's right. Which is a bit annoying, but also as well, I can console myself with knowing that he's not always right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my heavenly father's even more annoying because he genuinely is always yeah, right. Yeah, that right. is yeah. it. <laughs> there is one father that is right, but he will never tell you, he'll show you. Exactly. And I think, I think this is the thing. I think as, as dads, I think uh, that sense of our father yeah. with the asking yeah. suddenly sort of comes alive because when our kids ask us things... Mm we do apply that same principle yeah sometimes yeah. we say yes and sometimes they say yes when we should say no but, yeah, yeah. you know uh, <laughs> that's what the wife's telling us anyway yeah, yeah well, that's what oh we have been in trouble now no well, why did you get that oh yeah, sorry, sorry oh yeah, well you know <laughs> why did you say they could do that oh yeah. well oh, sorry yeah. <laughs> but I think that's the thing is that yeah. uh, saying no yes. uh, can be an act of love and, and, and as parents we get that yeah and I think being able to listen to God when we ask is really important yeah. that we can begin to understand the reason behind what he's actually trying to to say to us because we often think about God as somewhere far away in this throne room that we have to kind of go through these weird trials to kind of get to yeah right yes and what Jesus makes very clear throughout the Bible is that he is the God who dwells with us mm. pitches his tent with us yes who comes to find us yes and i often think that um you know we're in the tent sort of wanting god to do what we want him to do and jesus outside saying please come out of the tent and yeah. have a chat with me and we're yeah. like well sorry mate you know mm. and i think that's the image we need to have yeah rather than that, rather than this sort of groveling do uh which is kind of not really in our in our faith at all no finally the thing to think about and this question to think about is the morning and evening prayer mm. opens with the, the the term oh god make speed to save us oh lord make haste to help us now then when i started saying morning and evening prayer when I was living in Birmingham in a student flat, 
I was alone in the tower block, student halls of residence. Mm. Should I have said us? Because for the first few months I said, oh God, make speed to save me. Oh Lord, make haste to help me. And you could, I can see why you would say that, because you're on your own. You feel a bit silly when you're using the concept us, because you are physically alone in that room. And we are aware that a prayer is an individual conversation between you and your father. So why would you not say you as an individual rather than us? But then I guess if you spend a bit more time thinking about it, is that when we are praying, we are praying as a collective, as a, as a Christian community, um, that's not just within your town, within your parish, within your mission area. Mm. It, it, it's a worldwide movement. Um, and by the very nature of time differences, it's very confident that when you're, when you're praying, that you are praying with others in a rhythm. That's it. So basically, my chaplain in university said, well, yeah, don't say me, because what am I doing at the same sort of time? And I thought, well, you might be, you're saying evening prayer as yeah. well. Yeah, and he said, well, who else is saying evening prayer? And I said, well, oh, Mike, he does it as well, doesn't he? Yeah, he does it. And he went through different people. And I thought, yeah, and he said, you know, we are united with each other across the world mm. when we pray. And we see that in the Thy Kingdom Come map that you've got where there's little lights all yeah. over the world. Yeah. But that's not just in Thy Kingdom Come, that's every day. Yes. The Christian family throughout the world is uh, praying. Yep. So when we say us, we are praying with everybody, yeah. even though we are on our own. We know, we know that collective prayer pleases our Father, our God. You know, we know that we're told that, that we should all be together, uh, uh, and that, that pleases him. So we should embrace that. Yeah, because it's impossible to pray on your own. Mm. The other weird thing which uh, boggles my mind, really, when I think about it, is when we pray using the Bible, so we pray using the Psalms or the songs in the Bible, yep. um, millions and millions of people throughout the centuries have used those very same words. And I often thought, we used to have these really old prayer books in my last place, these horrible green books right? <laughs> that uh, they used to use for evening prayer, which we sort of got rid of. Uh, but I kept one, and they were produced for soldiers in the First World War. Okay. They were that old. Yeah. Right, yeah. Uh, and the idea was, you give given this prayer book, and off you went. And I often thought, as I used it, I thought, well, you know, where's this book been used before? Yeah. Soldiers in the First World War have, in a trench, prayed these psalms, mm. you know, before the Battle of the Somme or whatever. Yeah. What other contexts have Christian people used these psalms and said the same things as I'm doing now? Yeah. So in a real tangible way, we are united with Christians throughout Christian history. Yep. And also with the Jews before that as well yeah okay so we're actually in that community across time and the thing that really fascinates me with it is that jesus himself would have prayed those psalms yeah himself yes because they're old testament they would do, yep it would have been the way that that he was taught to pray as a boy yeah you know yeah so the weird thing is is that we are in a, a real way uniting our prayer literally with the prayers that Jesus has said in doing the Psalms and doing those songs. And the other weird thing as well is 
Father Peter, who was one of the monks in Murfield, talked about this uh, with his golden thread. And what he said is, when we pray, we join in the eternal song of worship back to God. Okay. That God himself joins in. Okay. So as God is Father, Son and Spirit, they are singing to each other. Yeah. Right? And what we're doing in our prayer is we're joining in the song of God. Mm. As we all sing together or say together, we all sing together across time, space, the world, back to God. And what the Psalms make very clear is that creation itself sings back to God. So we're joining in with the world around us uh, in this perpetual worship of God and this song which God joins in with us too. There's something quite special about that, isn't it? That the idea that you are connecting through time and space using using that, the, the song of prayer mm. uh, with our fellow brothers and sisters of Christ throughout time. I mean, from the nerds that are listening to it, we can talk about temporal mechanics at this point, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, but still it's very important to realise that absolutely what, what we're doing uh, by using the Bible, we are, like you said, uh, linking back to many of the historical elements that have used exactly the same scripture right back to texts that, that Jesus would have read from and right back to God. It's amazing. We hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. And don't forget, you can get in contact with us on Facebook and on Twitter. And we'll also find us on Instagram. Oh, yes, Instagram, yes. And on our website, which is yateparish.org. Don't forget, this is an interactive show, so we really value your comments. So put your comments on SoundCloud or any other platform that you're listening to, and we'll get back to you. And we look forward to joining you next time. <laughs>